0: Welcome home. You're listening to the 180 Church Podcast with Dr. Sammy and friends. Dr. Sammy and friends are resting this week and will return next week. However, we have a leader from our local church community giving today's message.
1: Welcome to those who joined us in person and many online. Let's practice for a moment to center ourselves in silence and solitude as we begin every service to center ourselves and allow the presence of God to saturate and permeate this place in our living rooms so that we can really listen to Jesus' calling. Let's exhale. Just let it all out. The Bible says, cast your cares upon the Lord, for he cares for you. All the frustrations, all the fatigue, let him carry you. And inhale the transcending presence of God. As you know, as we begin this year to learn to pray again, it's our theme for the year, as we learn ancient prayers, as our prayers and our words run out, and other times as our power of the f- things that we're confounded by and the things we're facing, we need heavenly prayers and the power of God to show up. I wanna begin with Jesus Listens by Sarah Young, which is in the cafe. And I just wanna let you know, um, the books at the cafe for the devotionals are all just an honor policy. We'll never know if you'd pay or not pay. But the Holy Spirit will know. <laughs> but it'll be an honor policy. Uh, you just take it and quick pay or Venmo. Uh, it's at cost. We're not making any money off of it. We just want you to have the ancient prayers to strengthen you. Sarah Young's devotional, it's a pocket-sized version. It's like 7.50. Um, Jesus Listens, which is new, and it's actually prayers that she wrote from our perspective and as Jesus Listens to Us. It's a great new addition. And then, of course, uh, there's Paul Tripp's uh, New Mercies, which is like really sort of like those who are, that need a little kick in the pants, that's, a, that's the one for you. Okay, so let me read uh, today's January 16th, 16th from Sarah Young, Jesus Listens. We you just bow your heads and pray together? Sovereign God, please help me to live joyfully in the midst of my struggles. I yearn for a freer, more independent way of life than I'm currently experiencing. I pray fervently and then wait expectantly for changes I desire. When you don't answer my prayers as I hoped, I sometimes get discouraged. It's easy for me to feel so I'm doing something wrong if I'm missing out on what's best for me. But when I think that way, I'm overlooking a most important truth. You are sovereign. I need to remember that you're always in control and you are always taking care of me. Teach me to accept my dependent way of living as a gift from you. Moreover, help me receive this gift joyfully. What a glad and thankful heart. I find that nothing lifts me out of the doldrums faster than thanking and praising you. Nothing enables me to enjoy your presence more delightfully. As I seek your face, I'm blessed to hear your loving words out of instruction. through my gates with thanksgiving and my courts with praise. Let's give... Uh, Our lead leader, Stu Still, as he comes to give us the word today, based on this team actually. Let's welcome him right now.
2: Okay. Good morning, good afternoon everybody. It's good to see all of you guys here today. I know we had a couple of weeks of break where we were taking a break from in-person service, but I gotta say it was really, really heartwarming to see everybody back together again last week. It pulled me out of what was kind of a New Year's funk. And New Year's has gone through kind of like a really roller coaster ride over the last couple of years. I remember back in 2019 going into 2020 a lot of us got together at Dr. Sammy's house, and we had a grand old time. We watched the ball drop. We got to celebrate Andrew Rowan Star getting engaged. We went out to Page Diner, where I think we stayed there until something like three o'clock in the morning, and it was just an awesome time. And then 2020 hit, and that was a roller coaster ride, wasn't it? Um, but we made it through. We survived. We endured. We made it through. And come New Year's of 2020 into 2021, there was some trepidation, there was some worry about spikes and everything going on in the world. But for the most part, there was still hope. We had the vaccine that was coming out and everybody was starting to get it. And there was hope that by maybe mid 2021, we'd get back to normal. We'd actually be able to go back to some sense of normalcy. And for a little bit around, what was it? September, October, we started to have that again. And then once again, things kind of took a little bit of a downward turn and New Year's this year just seemed a little bit even more precocious than the year before. It seemed a little bit more unnerving. I know a lot of us had plans to spend Christmas with family and we had plans to spend New Year's with friends. And instead of that happening, a lot of us unfortunately had, let's say, a different kind of guest stopping by for the New Year's break. Even if we weren't sick, even if we were physically healthy, I know a lot of us were going through a lot of different things over the New Year's break. And it was kind of just heartbreaking and really difficult. I know for me, my New Year's wasn't exactly a celebration. I ended up feeling more like this guy up here. How many of you guys feel me when you felt like this on uh, New Year's, right? for me the problem was it seemed like there wasn't like a clear break from last year into the new year. It seemed like Groundhog Day. It seemed like every day was the same day over and over again. And New Year's is supposed to be a time where we get excited for the New Year's. It's supposed to be about thinking about what resolutions you're going to make and hoping you make it actually past April with those resolutions. Thinking about the things that you're going to experience in the new year and the plans that God has for your life in the new year. But, for me, it was less of what is the, problem, uh, the promises that God has for me in the New Year's, and it was honestly more what are the problems that are going to be arising tomorrow? The same as arose yesterday, the same that are arising today, the same that are arising tomorrow. I think Doc really hit it on the head last week when he talked about the chronic fatigue that we've all been in for the last couple of years with the pandemic and everything that's been going on in the world. And when you throw on top of it some of the personal things going on in our own individual lives, whether they're personal tragedies or traumas or just depression or whatever it is, the the constant humdrum of the day, it's hard to look forward to those things that God is doing in our lives. You know, the gospel promises that we are wonderfully and fearfully made by God, that he has a destiny and a design for our lives, that he promises good to us, that he promises that we are a new creation in him and that he will finish the work that he has started. But in the chronic uh, fatigue, in the chronic problems that we see in life, it's hard to see past that. We end up throwing our hands up and saying, really God, I, I just don't see how. We wonder if he is going to deliver on those promises, if he is going to really restore the beauty in all things in our lives. And today what I'd like to do is kind of fight back against that hopelessness. Really, take the fight to that sort of thinking that God won't deliver on the promises that He has for us. And we're gonna go back to three parts of Scripture and we're gonna look at places where God did make promise to people and where He followed through on that. And it's my hope that through this we can hold on to those truths, to hold on to how we can hold on to the hope that God has for us. I'm messing this up, I'm sorry. Holding on to the hope that God has for our lives in difficult times, there we go. So that's what we're gonna go into today and we're gonna start out going all the way back to Genesis and we're gonna go to a very famous couple, we're gonna talk about Abraham and Sarah. And we know about Abraham and Sarah, we know the promise that God made to Abraham, we know that he promised that he would be the father of a great nation. But when we take a look at this part of scripture, that promise hasn't been realized yet, it hasn't come to fruition yet, and they're already very advanced in age. And they're starting to think, is this even possible? And in the scripture, God actually visits Abraham, and Abraham throws him a party, and God actually puts a date on this promise being fulfilled. He says, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. God is finally putting that end date on that promise. He's saying this is the delivery date. This is when it's going to happen. But again, when we look especially at Sarah, she sees this and rather than get excited and think that finally this is happening, she sees the impossibility of it. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already very old and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought. After I am worn out, and my Lord is old, will I now have this pleasure?" For them, they couldn't see past the impossibility of what they thought was going to happen. They didn't realize, they didn't put the full faith that God can do the impossible. But I don't have the scripture up there now, but when you see a couple of chapters later and one year later, God does deliver on this promise. Sarah says, God has brought me laughter, and everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. And she added, Who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children, yet I have born him a son in his old age? Who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? A year ago, God said, this is going to happen. He made that promise, and he delivered on what they thought was impossible. I've said it before and I'll say it again, I love going back over the church's history and the things that have happened here that sometimes we think is just out of left field and a little bit crazy and a little bit impossible, but God gives us that call to go forth and do something and we follow through and God blesses it. And I wanna talk about something that happened a little over 13 years ago. Let's put this, uh, these pictures up. I don't think he looks a day older, do you? This is from a video that Doc put up on June 7th, 2008, where he announced that we would be coming to start 180 Manhattan. And he didn't put it in a way of, I think this is what God is doing. I think he might be leading us here. There was no waffling about it. He said, God has given us the call. Nice and booming like that. And he said, this is what God is doing. And I'm sure for a lot of us, It was kind of like, this is sounding a little bit impossible. How is a church that's meeting in a basketball gym in Staten Island logistically or financially going to make it work in Manhattan in Union Square, where the rent is astronomical? But sure enough, in this video, Doc said, we sent the proposal into AMC. And within a week, they said, I love this plan. I'm excited to see this happen. Let's do it. And even the theater said, wait a second. You've never given us an answer this quickly before. Are you sure you're saying yes? Because we don't want to like back down on these folks and say, yes, we thought it was going to happen, but then it didn't. But God made the impossible happen. And not only did he make the impossible happen with getting us this space here at the theater, thinking back on the last 13 years, how many impossible things have happened? How many people have given their lives to Christ? How many different groups have started, small groups, college groups? 180 uh, Fellowship at NYU. A lot of people thought that that was going to be impossible, too. And yet God has blessed each and every one of those things. He's made the impossible possible. And even with the pandemic, when I, I hate to say a lot of churches have unfortunately closed down, we're still here. God has made the impossible possible. And that's the first thing I want us to really hold on to and really remember. When we're losing hope, that God can pull through on the promises that he has for us in those difficult times. Let's put this uh, point up. God is capable of delivering on what we think is impossible. And that's a very important distinction because we may think it's impossible, but God excels at doing the impossible. And even in the scripture there, it says, why did Sarah say, I will really have a child now that I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? And the answer really is no. Nothing is too hard for the Lord. Now for us in our situations, in the places where we're at, we may think that we're in an impossible situation. We may think that we're dealing with an impossible heartbreak. We may think we're dealing with an impossible living situation or working situation. We may think we'll never find relationships or purposes or anything like that. And we think that it's impossible, but the truth is, that nothing is impossible with God. And he's very good at delivering on the impossible. So the question I have for you guys is, where are you in that moment of thinking something is impossible for God? And as Doc said, this is the year where we're learning to pray again. So let this be our prayer. Lord, show me the places where I think something is impossible. Help me in my unbelief. Show me that you are capable of everything that I think is impossible. Let's go to our next scripture. Next, we go to the book of Jeremiah, and Jeremiah was a prophet to the people of Judah, and he was in a very interesting position. He was a prophet to them, speaking to them while they were in exile in Babylon, and he had a couple of different things going on for him. He had to speak God's harsh words to the people of Judah, because the truth is they had sinned, they had moved away from God, and they were in a rough situation in exile. But he also had to speak against a number of false prophets that were saying this whole Babylonian exile thing, it's gonna be over quickly. God is gonna ride in, he's gonna come to the rescue, and God would ride to the rescue. He would deliver them. But the problem is that it wasn't on those prophets' times, it was on God's time. And Jeremiah had to make that clear to them. This is what the scripture says. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. But the problem is they were seeing that first line, when 70 years are completed for Babylon. And that's a long time. When you're in the midst of struggle, when you're in the midst of suffering, 70 years is a long time to ask for deliverance, to ask for freedom. And that's a long delay, and it can feel like that delay is turning into a denial. But God doesn't forget his promises. He says, "'I will be found by you,' declares the Lord, "'and I will bring you back from captivity. "'I will gather you from all the nations and places "'where I have banished you,' declares the Lord, "'and I will bring you back to the place "'from which I carried you into exile.'" problem was, again, it's in God's timing. And sometimes there is a delay to God's timing. You know, 2020 was definitely the year of the pandemic, but oddly enough, it also seemed to be the year of the weddings. And within about a month and a half, I went to three different weddings. And I've never been to that many rapid fire weddings, one right after the other, after the other. And it was awesome, especially in 2020, when we were always so spread out from each other. But all of these weddings had little problems with getting started because, of course, there's a pandemic. And they were planning them before the pandemic hit. And I want to talk about just one of those weddings because I got to get a little bit of an insider's view on it. Let's put these pictures up. I'm sure you recognize these wonderful people, Andrew and Star. And um, I got to talking to them this week just a little bit about their experience with the delay and uh, how it worked out for them. And Andrew gave me some very honest and some very unfiltered answers about it. And I'm not gonna repeat a single word of it because I really can't up here. But Starr was a heck of a lot more eloquent in what she said. And she said that it was the most stressful and most miserable wedding experience when it all first started. Because everything they tried to do, every move they tried to make, every plan they tried to make, something would happen, something would get delayed, something would get canceled, and it was constantly going back to square one. But this wedding delayed would not be a wedding denied. In fact, God didn't bless them with one wedding, he blessed them with two weddings. The first one kind of came about, and this is a funny thing I just remembered, it actually came a month before they originally planned their wedding to happen. So sometimes God's uh, timing is a little bit ahead of time, but they we're talking about, you know, next week, I'm, I'm actually not working for a change. What are you doing next weekend? Hmm, not doing much of anything. You want to get married? Yeah, sure, let's do it. And that's what happened on the, on the left there. They got together with the pastors, and it was just a small, intimate thing in April. On a drizzly spring morning, they got together, and they were married. They are in the same park where Andrew proposed to her. And Starr said that it was a beautiful moment. She felt God's presence fully in it, Even though it was something small, even though it was something unexpected, it was a beautiful moment for the two of them. And then a couple of months later, we have the other picture where everybody got together. And again, there were little delays, there were little snafus, the weather wasn't exactly cooperating, and something about a mask that we couldn't find, and that delayed everything again. And yeah, ask Andrew about that one, he'll tell you that story. But again, she said that it was better than anything I could have scripted. God's presence was there, it was there, not just because of the wedding, but for the fact that everybody could actually get together for the first time in so long. And I honestly remember thinking, I haven't seen some of these people in two, three, four, maybe longer months from everything that had been going on. And it was an absolutely beautiful time. A wedding delayed was not a wedding denied. And that's, I think, the next thing that we have to remember when we look at Scripture, when we're starting to lose the hope of what God is going to do in our lives in those difficult times. Let's put this point up next. With God, a promise delayed is not a promise denied. It's all about God's timing. And I know the old saying, justice delayed is justice denied. And for all of us, it can feel like when a promise delayed, it's a promise denied especially because we live in a world where we're so used to instant gratification. We're so used to hitting the Amazon ship it now button and we're expecting it to come tomorrow. And if it shows up at 10 o'clock when they said it was supposed to show up at 9 o'clock, we get annoyed about those things. But even a little bit more seriously, when we're in the midst of those 70 years of exile ourselves, when we're feeling, God, when is this promise that you've made to me? to restore me, to renew the beauty in all things, to do these things in my life, when is it coming? It can start to feel like that delay has become a denial. But God does not forget his promises. He does bring them to fruition. But sometimes it's on his timing. And sometimes, as difficult as it is, we do need to wait on that. But the good news is that he is there for us to lean on in that wait, in those moments, in those trials. So I'll ask you guys, where do you guys feel like you're in those 70 years of exile? Where do you feel like you're losing hope that God will fulfill those promises in your life? Where do you feel like you need him to move but that not yet has become a no? And where are those places where you can pray, Lord, remind me of the times that you have moved in my life in your time and not my time. Help me in my unbelief. Help me to hold on to that promise that you have given me that you will not forget. And in my exile, help me to find even just one day of rest. Help me to find that rest in you. And we're gonna go to our last passage here today. We're gonna go to John's uh, gospel. And we're not going to see so much God promising something, but we're gonna see him delivering on a promise. Here in uh, John chapter 19, we're going to the very crucifixion of Jesus. And John puts it in a very interesting way. He phrases it in a very specific way. He says, later, knowing that everything had been finished and so that the scriptures would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it and put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant and lifted it up to Jesus's lips. When he had received the drink, he said, it is finished. With that, He bowed his head and gave up his spirit. It is finished. Here we see God fulfilling all of the prophecy, all of the scriptures. Everything in biblical history had led up to this point. Everything in Jesus' life, from his birth in Bethlehem all the way to this point, had all been about fulfilling the promise of scripture. And Jesus knew what it would take. He knew the lens that he would have to go in order to fulfill this promise. He knew that he would be betrayed. He knew that he would be abandoned, that he would be tortured and beaten, and that he would be crucified. He knew all of this was coming, and yet he still did it. He still went to the cross. Excuse me, I'm uh, getting a little emotional here. It is amazing that even seeing that, even knowing what it would take He still went to that cross. God doesn't hold back on anything. He does not hold back on a single thing. He knew what it would take to fulfill the promise of Scripture, and he did it. And that's the thing that we need to hold on to in this last part here. Let's put this point up. God will go to extreme lengths to fulfill his promises. He holds nothing back. He spares no cost even the cost of his own life on the cross, he would not spare that. Maybe there are places where we feel like God's promise is impossible. Well, we've already talked, nothing is impossible for God. Maybe we feel like the delay has become a denial. And certainly from the beginning of biblical history to this moment on the cross, it was God's timing, but he did not forget his promise and he fulfilled every promise of scripture. And maybe we think, that God won't go that extra effort, that extra little bit in order to solve our problems, in order to restore our lives. But we see from here, he already went to the extreme. He didn't leave anything on the table. That's what we have to hold on to. Redemption, restoration, the renewal of all things, it all came from Christ's sacrifice on the cross. And if we can hold on to that, if we can remember that, How can we think that God won't follow through on what we're going through in this moment? So that's the last question I have for you guys. Where do you feel like God won't go that extra mile? Where do you feel like God may have left this because it's too much to make a change in your life? Let's let our prayer be, Lord, in those places that just seem too extreme, remind me that you paid the price on the cross, that you paid everything, for a relationship with me, for a chance for me to be restored to the Father. Help me in my unbelief. Help me in my unbelief to know that you will do all this because you love me. Let's stand and pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your scripture. I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that you do not abandon us, that nothing is impossible for you And though it may be in your time, you do not forget the promises that you have made for us. Lord, in the midst of our chronic fatigue and all the trauma and all the difficulties of our lives, I pray, God, that we would hold on to the truths, Lord, that you are there for us, that you are alive and present at work in our lives, and you do not forget your promises. pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: just venting about how i feel in the moment let's pray god's promises back to him rather than saying god how long let's say god you've promised that whoever put their trust in you will be never be put to shame I remember praying that at 16 because I still didn't have my wife yet. I was like, God, how long? And then I started praying, I know you're working on my wife. And I met her at 18. I was like, God, that's too long. What's up with that? That little shift in how we pray, learning to pray again this year, it's critical to turning the tide from hopelessness to faith from skepticism to belief. So will you lift your hands with me today and will you surrender? That word from Sarah Young's devotional, drum," that stagnation, that fatigue that weighs in, in hopelessness and fatigue. Let's give it to the Lord right now. Let's make this our prayer today let's hold on to the promises of God right now here I stand let's make a stand here I stand forever in your mighty hand living with your promise
2: living with your promise Written on, my heart. written on
0: my heart, I am yours.
1: I am yours. Surrender
0: wholly to you. Surrendered
1: holy
2: to you. You
0: set me in your family.
2: You set me in your family. Calling me your own.
1: Calling me your own Now, now I belong to you now, now I, I belong to you All I need Your spirit, your word, your truth to hear my cry hear my cry
2: My one desire My
1: one desire
2: To know you more
1: to know You more.
2: In Your name.
1: In Your name.
2: I will lift my hands. I will lift my to the King. Hands, hands, to the King. This anthem of praise this I bring. This anthem of praise I Heaven bring. Heaven knows.
1: Heaven knows. I long, I long to, love, to you. love You. With all. I Belong to you. So, Father, we come before you this afternoon. Thank you that the promise you made to Abraham was fulfilled on the cross. And as Apostle Paul tells us in Romans. If you did not spare your only one son, why would you not give us all good things? The cross is our stake. It's our proof of stake. Want to talk about blockchain? There you go, right there. It's the proof, full transparency. You don't need to verify anything The cross is literally the proof that you can trust him in the darkness. The light will come in the end of the tunnel. His power will break through. It might feel like the second day of the resurrection where you can hear crickets. But on the third day, He will rise, and so shall you. For the Bible tells us that he has seated us in the heavenly places with Christ. Not he will seat you. The scripture is very clear. He has already seated you with Christ in the heavenly places. Meaning that power is accessible today right now. Where the presence of God is, there is always exponential change. Call on the name of the Lord. And you will never be put to shame. Will you bow your heads for the benediction? May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. All God's people say Amen. God bless you. Go with the promises of God. Amen.
0: Welcome to our Sunday service at 180 Church. My name is Minyoung, and I'll be going over our community news before going into our sermon for today. Our first announcement is about tithes and offering. If you're a member here at 180 Church, we ask that you remember to keep God in the center of your finances. So please tithe faithfully, which you can do at Venmo, Zelle, Chase Quick Pay, or PayPal. If you're a visitor with us here today, we welcome you to our service and there's no financial obligation to give, but if you'd like to make a donation, you can feel free to do so in those methods. Our next announcement is about is about bible reading group or brg as we like to call it here we have an instagram handle and a tumblr page at 180brg where you can jump in at any time to read the bible with us Um, there are regular posts on both channels so feel free to follow along and get fed with the word of god Um, speaking on getting fed with the word of god we now have devotionals available for purchase at our 180 cafe um, as Dr. Sammy mentioned last week, um, devotionals are a great way to tune into our hearts and God's heart, even when we don't have the words or the power to pray. And we have a few available that you can purchase via uh, Venmo or QuickPay at the cafe now. So feel free to check them out. Next up is all of the different ways that you can pray with us or pray with us, or request prayer from our prayer team at 180. We invite you to use these resources at 5397-PRAYER or prayer at 180church.tv, and we also have House of Prayer here in the theater at 1140 uh, before service begins, so feel free to come and align your hearts. Next up is all of the different ways on social media that you can stay connected with our church. We're on three Instagram handles at 180church, 180brg, and 180fellowship. We have a youtube channel at 180 church nyc dr sammy here uh, our past head pastor here at 180 church has a twitter page at dr sammy kim our facebook page is at 180 church and as mentioned we have a tumblr page at 180 brg so feel free to follow us like us and keep up with us throughout the week our next announcement is about small groups which are still mostly being held remotely during this time Um, small groups are where we can meet in smaller pockets of our community and connect during the week our adult groups meet the Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. Our young adult group meets every Thursday at 7.30 p.m. And our college group, 180 Fellowship, meets in pers- person, I believe, on Mondays at 7.30 p.m. And if you're interested in getting plugged in, you can come talk to me after service. Our next announcement is about our children's ministry. We need volunteers to help with watching our little ones during sur- Sunday service. So if you enjoy hanging out with the younger crew and helping them to learn more about Jesus, you can speak to Pastor Leah or Michelle Kim. Uh, We also need volunteers for our 180 Cafe, which you guys pass on your way in here. We have a great team who serves up really delicious coffee and tea and other beverages, and they need some more help um, and more hands. So if you're interested in helping out, you can talk to Danny O or Wendy Lee. Or if if, if you're interested in serving the community in a different way than the ones I mentioned, we do need more people on the greeting team to help welcome our members and visitors. So if you'd like to help out in this way, you can also talk to Danny O or Wendy Lee about this. That's it for all of our announcements today.